This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's an old story that's always new. The government has trouble acquiring information technology on budget and according to what it hopes to accomplish. When a project starts to go off the rails, the agency sometimes rebases it, hoping to stick to the new baseline. Here with the latest chapter, Director of Information Technology Acquisition Management at the Government Accountability Office, Carol Harris. Ms. Harris, good to have you back. Hi, Tom. Great to be here. So you have the latest list of 16 projects of major mission-critical import and that are fairly expensive that are in a high-risk situation or in danger of going off the rails. Is there any theme here that characterizes what causes these issues to occur in these particular projects? Well, the study that we just released was done on behalf of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform and its Subcommittee on Government Operations, and they asked us to identify the top essential mission-critical IT acquisitions across the government and to determine their key attributes. So while some of them may be in trouble, in fact, the majority of them are considered high-risk, they represent the top most important acquisitions in government at this time. These are systems that are defined as national security systems or that process any information that the loss, misuse, or unauthorized access would have a debilitating impact on the mission of the agency. And so we identified the top 16. And they do have a significant impact on our country's national security interests, such as those that support terrorism-related screening, foreign relations, including those that collect and record information on foreign students and exchange visitors, the economy, including those that process taxes and public health such as those intended to provide universal health care records. And so what we found in looking at these 16 were quite interesting. There were the majority of them, when you look at the rebaselines, as you mentioned at the top, the majority of them did rebaseline. And sometimes rebaselines can be for legitimate reasons, like a change in objectives or funding stream, but they can also be used to mask costs and schedule overruns. And the majority reported delays in defining the cost, schedule, and scope Roughly half of them reported technical challenges, while another half reported a change in development approach. So we were finding some trouble as a result of technical issues. Other areas that we looked at when we examined the 16 include the life cycle cost. While it's not fair to compare the estimates across these acquisitions because they do vary greatly depending on their scope and complexity, there were 13 that actually expect potential cost savings or avoidance after deployment due to a number of factors. Six reported that they will be turning off multiple legacy systems, which is good because that is a significant problem across the government in looking at IT. Uh, There were two that will be using cloud capabilities and three citing the elimination of physical paper processing. Beyond that, though, there is a huge range of technologies here. I'm looking at two of them, for example. One is the customer account data engine, the CADI, at the Treasury Department, and they're Mm -hmm. still dealing with code that was installed many, many years ago. On the other end is the automatic dependent surveillance broadcast from the FAA under DOT, under the Transportation Department, which is a whole new technology. It's related to an entirely new technology for how planes are controlled. So you've got some new functions, some old functions. So in that sense, they are all over the map. Certainly, they are all over the map. But one of the common themes that we've seen for the majority, including those two that you mentioned, are that the majority are utilizing incremental development approaches. 
such as agile software development. And that's a good thing because that's one of the significant ways to avoid these monolithic IT programs that last five, 10 plus years, ultimately deploying a system that just is obsolete and not working for the agency's mission. And so it is very encouraging to see the big emphasis on the incremental development. We did see a combination of solutions being used, including customized software, either being developed in-house or by contractors, the use of COTS and open source software. So it was a mixture there as well, but, but very encouraging to see the incremental development approach. We're speaking with Carol Harris, Director of Information Technology Acquisition Management at the Government Accountability Office. And one I wanted to ask you about was the 2020 decennial census under the Department of Commerce, the Census Bureau. It's kind of late in the game there for that one to be saved, I guess. They're just about to enter the data processing stage, which I guess is not really where the danger lies. So what's the latest there? As far as the 2020 census systems are concerned, it has been identified as high risk by GAO since the 2017 GAO high risk list came out. So it's been on our radar for some time. As far as its next steps, it's really ensuring that they have the adequate information security controls in place, ones that we have identified through our recent reports, as well as ensuring that they have the proper oversight controls in place. We've identified multiple weaknesses there. And so ensuring that our recommendations are effectively implemented is crucial for um, the, the 2020 census systems. And what about the Veterans Affairs Electronic Health Record Monetization System, which is closely parallel to the Defense Department's own healthcare management systems modernization? They're using the same roughly underlying technology, both taking somewhat different acquisition approaches to them, though. Yes, and so we actually have ongoing work on the, the VA's Electronic Health Records Modernization Initiative there are two things there. The, the first is, yes, they are utilizing the same solution as DOD, and so ensuring the interoperability, ensuring the coordination there is really important. So that's something that we are watching and that's something we you know, will be paying close attention to. And then the second piece is ensuring that they have strong oversight capabilities in ensuring that change management controls are properly being implemented there because it's going to be a significant change to their business model for delivering health care services. So that aspect, we've actually just recently issued a report there and identified multiple recommendations for the, the department to improve upon, as well as in the actual acquisition of the technology as well, ensuring that the data migration from the legacy to the new systems are being done in a secure and, and proper way as well as ensuring that they have proper internal controls to ensure that the mistakes of the past, they've had three failed efforts in the past, that those are not repeated. So ensuring that requirements management and the prioritization of system requirements are done well. And looking at the big picture, there is in recent years something called the Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act, or FITARA, and agencies have scorecards and report cards on all of that every year. But do you see evidence that FITARA has had some effect on the efficacy of the acquisition of IT systems in recent years? Absolutely. I'll give you examples. In the case of, like when you look at the scorecard, 
software licenses managements across the government has significantly improved. When our report came out in 2014, only two of 24 agencies had comprehensive inventories, and now the majority, all but one, have comprehensive inventories. That's a significant change, and you can see that in the increased improvements in these IT acquisitions, as well as consolidating data centers and the move to the cloud. Many of the 16 are utilizing cloud-based solutions, and that's a good thing in terms of agencies are reporting that they expect cost savings associated with that. So those are clear indications that FITARA is working, it's being implemented, and we're seeing it in the resulting IT acquisitions. They are improving. And when you discuss these particular projects with the agencies, do they generally concur with what the issues are, both good and bad, I guess? Yes, they do. And and that's definitely a very positive sign because they've been very open to the findings that we've identified. And in this particular study, we had really good cooperation from them. The bulk of the information was self-reported. And so, you know, we, we really, you know, worked with them to understand the issues and they were very forthcoming about the issues. So it, it certainly is a positive sign. So even though these are in danger, some of them of missing their cost and schedules, sounds like there's some reason for optimism that the government, on the whole, is inching toward a better place from, say, 25 years ago. Absolutely. I mean, these are the top 16 acquisitions in the federal government. They are the most complex. They are the most difficult. So it makes sense that the majority of them are on a high-risk list. And I will say that the transparency associated with the risks and the issues with these programs have increased over what you know we've seen even a decade ago. And so that's a very positive step in that direction because we certainly don't want agencies to be hiding these problems so that when they fail, it's a surprise to everybody. That's the exact outcome that we want to avoid. So when we can identify issues early, that allows the proper corrective actions to be taken place to minimize the cost overruns and schedule delays and so forth. Carol Harris is Director of Information Technology Acquisition Management at the Government Accountability Office. As always, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Tom. We'll post this interview and a link to that report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.